Egg milk punch! Ugh. Uh, did you guys get my presents? Yep, we've not opened them. What? Nope, Tim's coming I, I, over I tomorrow morning. I haven't technically gotten it yet. No. Dang <clears throat> it. It was supposed to be for tonight. It was going to be special. I'm sure it will still be special. No, no, it can't be. Oh. You are no longer special. Just burn it. Should Don't I even op- open should it. Should I open it now? Actually, that would be pretty funny. Still, it it, it doesn't particularly matter. I don't I don't envision we'll use them immediately. But uh, yeah, go ahead. I like how I get all these packages and Tim never gets to experience them. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you can hear about it. How's your voice doing, Tim? It's doing okay. It's just I still have like some snuffiness. I yeah. might cough a few times tonight, so I'll try I also, to do it during editable periods. Oh, no, just do it right in the middle of everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, that's a good one. Here we go. I uh, I also am feeling rough tonight, so both oh, of us are going sweet. to sound awesome. It's a pen. It's our own little animal pen. What? Yep. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, you, you, you need to make sure they work because <laughs> I don't know if they will. I'll have to open them. Are they the same same brand as your duck? They are. Oh, crap. I got you guys matching <laughs> pens to my pen. So we can all we have buzzers now. We'll all just we'll just have entire episodes. that are nothing but communicating through these. <laughs> Let's see. That's the whole point. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Wait, does it make the same noise? No. It shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you the one I just heard was you, Kyle? Yes. Okay, because I'm like, if it if that also quacks, that's what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think that one is, Tim? Um <laughs> it's, a, it's a rooster. It's a red panda. What? <laughs> yeah, this is the sound that they have a red panda pen making. No, it's not a red panda. I mean, that is kind of a red panda noise, I'll be honest. <laughs> That's a terrible sound, by the way. Man, these are awesome. Did you see Thank that? You. Did you see that video I, I posted on Twitter like a day I, or two ago? I did not watch it. It's like yeah. it's two red pandas wrestling. Like one has the other like in a headlock. Dang. And it's pretty much making that noise. Yeah, but then it's weird when the other goes for the chair. I mean, that's just, that's too much, man. Yeah. Ooh, the shillelagh. Mm. John Cena. (laughs) Panda. John Panda off the top rope. Well, that's that's clearly a kitty. (laughs) That's a kitty. It's a kitty and an owl. Oh, it's an owl. Thank you. These are great. <laughs> so now, now we can always now we can finally do uh, uh, buzzing quizzes. Oh yeah, we can. That's a good idea. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you guys can decide who gets the cat and who gets the owl. Uh, the other choices were not nearly as cool. I was very disappointed. Oh, um, there giraffe. was like no, no. See, oh yeah, you know Rabbit. that one of you would have gotten a giraffe. <laughs> if that was an option, that would have happened. Um, no, the others were like, like stereotypes. There was like a, like a, I think a guitar that made like a strum, like punk guitar, and then 
like um, there was one that had a skull that made a ghost noise, which was weird. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was one that was a pair of hipster glasses that when you pressed it, apparently said indubitably. Wow. So I was like, nah, I'm going to stick with the animals. Yeah, that's pretty good. Good call. (laughs) Thank you. Those Those are nice. So you guys get to fight over those. But yay. Yay. Sweet. Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, I am also excited about some other Christmas stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys get my text? Uh, uh, about the <laughs> werewolves? Yeah. 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 You know, you know what Christmas is? A time to hunt werewolves? A full, yes. Oh, it's the first full moon in it's like a hundred years. Right. It's a full moon. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. That means I, I this Christmas, this. this Christmas werewolves will be able to celebrate with the rest of us. Well, no, actually, they won't. This is the only year they won't be able to celebrate with the rest of us. <laughs> oh, that's actually, true. Sorry, I, I suppose this that's is actually a really sad wrong. night for werewolves. Aw, but, but they'll finally actually be able to sing... Um, uh, some werewolf carols mm-hmm. that ordinarily they don't get to sing, uh, you know, by howling uh, for the holidays. Uh, like, uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, let's see. I know uh, you have a list. <laughs> hold on. Let me Stop get my paper. No, I didn't. No, I, I, I was going to say that this should be our opening game that we just go around until one of us runs out. But uh, I'm 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 reconsidering this as I'm saying it because mine are like silver shells, oh. and oh. <laughs> and uh, do you ear what I ear? And because oh, uh, <laughs> werewolves have ears. Yeah, yeah. You know. I came up with one. <laughs> Silent bite. <laughs> no, God rest ye, hairy gentlemen. Oh, that's Ooh. good too. Come on, Sky. Come on. Nope. Come I, on. I'm trying to think. Be a part of the the Christmas spirit. The 12 days of Christmas? Oh, I like it. I like it. Good job, you guys. I feel I'm so, so gross. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, someone someone tweeted about that the other day and it was and it just made me so excited. I had to share that with you guys. Yeah, Candace, Candace mentioned it. Do you remember how many years? We should look this up. What? It's something like 40 years, yeah. Oh, it's a, oh I know. Whoa, uh, whoa. The last, <laughs> the last full moon on Christmas was 1977. Okay, so not as far back. And you know what's significant about that? Yeah. Why do you know that? A nice little coincidence, because it's the same year that Star Wars came out. Are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> Candace was telling me it was like hundreds of years or something crazy. She lies. Yeah, wow. apparently. Jeez. Harsh, harsh. All right. That's incredible, well, cool. though. Well... Werewolf Christmas, you guys. Yay, Star Wars. Werewolf Christmas. So, <laughs> I need to, in the spirit of Christmas, I need, to, I need to confess something that I did earlier today. What oh, did geez. you do? Uh, my mother-in-law really likes this. When she visits, she likes to go to this cafe. And I say that she's only been there once. We've only taken her there once. But she really liked it. And she liked the tea that was there so much that she Ooh. actually bought like a whole thing of it. Oh, um, They, they kind of like mix their own tea there. Um, and so Candace had the idea to get her a thing of it for Christmas. And so I headed over there, uh, today and, um, 
I it's a little it's just like a little small cafe and it, it was full. You know, it was lunchtime and um, I go up to the counter and I ask and they're like and they don't have any out, which I thought was weird. And she's like, oh, I'll have to check out and out back. And it turns out they don't have it. So whatever, you know, that, that sucks. But it was a good try. Oh, no. Sky, you didn't. No. What? You, what? you didn't go buy other tea and put it in a package. No, but oh, this okay. is a good idea. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> No, on the way out, um, there is a there is there is like an old I think it was I think it was probably an older lady and her son, but he was kind of older, too. Okay. And they were sitting right by a table right by the door and somebody walked out and I and then I walked out after. And as I'm walking past him, he's like, close the door after yourself. Dang. That's what he says to me. And he doesn't. Like he kind of looks over a little bit and then looks back and is at his food. And I don't know. I don't know if it was just the fact that I had driven like across the city to get this <laughs> to, to not get something. But like and then the, like I'm looking at the door and the door says, you know, please close the door. You know, please make sure oh, the door wow. closes on the way out. And like the thing it just goes to my mind. This guy doesn't even say, please. What's that about? Oh, <laughs> and no. so I slowly open the door. <gasps> And I slowly walk out and I slowly close the door. And the entire time, the person who I assume is his mom is watching me like his back is to me and I close the door and then I open the door and I put my head in and then I close it and I open it and I close it. (laughs) And then I walk and then. And then I walk down the stairs and by the window and they're both looking at me and I both give them the thumbs up and mouth Merry Christmas. And I walk around the corner to my car. That's amazing, Sky. And like it was a real jerk thing to do. But I just felt like so good. It made me feel so good. Because I'm like, this guy is just, you know, it, I don't know. I don't want to make oh any presumptions, but like. It's so great. Like, just like, come on. He could have at least said, please. Yes, he easily could have. Yes. You know, just like, I mean, sure, people may have. You're you're probably cold, but it's not my fault, dude. (laughs) That you sat by the door. Yeah. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you took the high road, Sky. That was totally the high road. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Good choices. (laughs) Everyone made good choices today. Yep. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we check through Wikipedia. Uh, I am Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And what we do here is uh, I am hosting tonight, so Tim and Kyle will be competing to get from one specific Wikipedia page to another, just using the links within Wikipedia pages. Woo! Tonight, you guys are going in the... I guess in the theme of the season, uh, we're not doing a holiday episode this time just oh, because cool. we did one earlier. Uh, new holidays like happen multiple times a year. Yeah. So almost once a month. Oh man. Oh. Right. So instead we're, we're just going to, I just kind of themed it holiday, like Christmas sort of time. Yeah. Uh, you guys are going to be going from Rudolph the red nosed reindeer to ro- robotic arm. What? Robot. Now this this opens up plenty of fan fiction opportunities <laughs> of like Rudolph and RoboCop. How? Wait, Rudolph Robo- teams is- up with with RoboCop. Rudolph, yeah. like okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Right off the top of my head, Rudolph 
is delivering presents mm-hmm. to Detroit, gets caught up in some gang. nasty uh, gang goings down, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, is nearly killed. They rebuild him. They make him better, faster, <laughs> yes. laser nose, whatever. Ooh. Teams up with RoboCop to save Christmas. I like it. I'm in with there. as much violence as possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. Tim wins the game. You get to go first. All right. <laughs> no, no, hang on. Hang on, because I'm going to one up it and say that instead of uh, instead of having Rudolph team up with RoboCop, I personally think that it should be that he goes on a, you know, he's going on a mission to the Island of Misfit Toys. And among those toys, you know, all of the other, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rudolph has always felt out of place because he's a little bit different. And among all these toys, there's one that was always thought to be a little bit more dangerous than all the others. And it, you know, even among all these misfits, there's one that stands out. Because every time people aren't looking but crime happens, it grows to a giant size and eats cars. I'm talking about Robosaurus. <laughs> oh, man. Robosaurus. So Robosaurus and and Rudolph team up to save Christmas. When, when you were talking about like a toy that is considered like more dangerous than others, I was thinking of something like Lenny the Lawn Dart. <laughs> or just- <laughs> oh, no. Throw me at the enemy, Rudolph. <laughs> oh no, where am I going to land? <laughs> <laughs> My trajectory is challenging. Ah. Oh boy. Um, oh man. But Robosaurus, come on. Yes, and listeners, if you do not know what, what Kyle is referring to, please see episode seven. I'm it's not a, saying it was Robosaurus, but it was Robosaurus. It's one of our best episodes. It's a classic. <laughs> Just head to the Kyle section of our show notes. Yay. Hey. I should have my own um, <laughs> Well, you guys tie, which means we need to do another game. Oh, no. So to see which of you is going to go first, we are going to do a classic drag race. Oh, oh. Um, These always make me so tense. Yeah, and this yeah, one's actually awesome. a circle. Awesome. I, made, I made this one a circle. So what? you're going to end up where you start. All right, let's do this. Okay. Do we have to make left turns? Uh, nope. <laughs> well... You can choose left or right. Left clicks. <laughs> but you just got to keep making them. Yeah. You may want to let the audience know. Yeah, you don't right. want to do right clicks. <laughs> you won't be getting anywhere. Uh, you're going to start at eggnog. So, and listeners, how this is going to work is basically I'm going to I'm gonna read a description of a page. And then they have to look for the link within the page that they're on. And then tell me what the, the answer is. And then I'll give them a new description for something that's on the new page. And so you got to keep doing this until you get back to eggnog. You guys ready? I got mm-hmm. a quick aside just for a half second. Yeah. Uh, I had eggnog French toast this weekend and Ooh. it was it was underwhelming. I was not as excited about it as I thought I would be. Yeah, because eggnog is just kind of like batter in a way. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was I we went to a uh, like a, a diner place that we really like. Mm-hmm. And they were very excited about their eggnog French toast. And I was like, ah, I don't know about it. And then and the waitress was like, oh, no, it's really great. you got to try it. So I got the eggnog French toast. And it was like, well, this has a little more cinnamon in it. And I <laughs> guess nog. I guess nog. It was, it was not very impressive. Anyway. Anyway. Eggnog. You guys on the page? I'm yes. on there. Here you go. A frozen food typically eaten as a snack or dessert, usually made from dairy products such as milk and ice and cream, and often combined. Ice cream is a frozen food 
Yeah. Yeah, ice cream. Uh, Members of a group of religious Christian movements, which is known as the Religious Society of Friends in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and parts of North America, and known as the Friends Church in Africa, Asia, Ah. South America, and parts of the U.S. Quakers are members of a group of religious movements. All right. An annual festival commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ, observed oh, no. most commonly on December 25th, as a religious and cultural celebration among billions of people around the world. Where is it? Where is it? Why is it so hard to find? <laughs> There's so much on this page. Oh my gosh. There's a whole section on quietism. <laughs> Why is there a whole bit about. Oh my gosh. Okay, uh, uh, conservative friends, communion with God, uh, John Wesley, we're getting closer. (laughs) How is that getting closer? I don't know, I I feel, oh my goodness. Oh wait, hang on. I mean, I'm constantly seeing, I'm seeing Christ, I'm seeing Christians. It's an annual festival commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ. This is home stretch. Yeah. A chilled, sweetened dairy-based beverage <laughs> traditionally made with milk and or cream, sugar, whipped eggs, which gives it a frothy texture, Excellent. and spirits, such as brandy, rum, or bourbon. Christian perfection. <laughs> Christmas tree. Uh, oh, uh, seriously, wait. Ah, it's down at the bottom. Words. Gift giving, come on, where is this? Oh, no, that's not it, that's not it. Dive down, dive. <laughs> Diving down the page, it's my only hope. <laughs> Customs. Why is nope. this? It's not in here. Where, where is this? Says, uh, Evergreen. Music. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, oh, traditional cuisine. What? No, where's that? Eggnog. <laughs> no. Dairy-based beverage. Tim pulls it out. No. Nice job. I was ahead the whole Coming time. Coming back from behind. I just want to say that on the page for eggnog, they say it's also known as egg milk punch. No one calls it that. No, no one, one calls, calls it that. that. Egg milk punch. You do not punch. call it that. Ooh. That's like the Kool-Aid, like, knockoff. Like, <laughs> the Kool-Aid powder eggnog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Egg milk punch is also try our, like... Try our healthy egg milk punch. <laughs> some sort of, like, fighting move in an anime. Egg milk punch! Ugh. That's making me sick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, good job, Tim. Dang it, Tim. Um, you. you get to go first, and we're on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Well, for the sake of argument, I just want to point out Everybody's that uh, referencing Robosaurus should have won the day. I'm just just saying. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it was Robosaurus. <laughs> but it was Robosaurus. Okay, go on, Tim. Um, so Rudolph, everyone's favorite shiny-nosed reindeer. Um, why did he become a thing? Like... <laughs> Like, like, Santa already had eight reindeer. That was already established in a classic poem. Yeah, why did he become a thing? Why, why did he become a let's thing? Find I out. know. I think most people do. Marketing. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like all of American culture. Before we dive into that, I just want to point out that there's a bio box on the right side here. Yes. It's a real person. Well, go ahead. I, and and just just under here, we have... <laughs> Family. I'm just going to go there right away. And apparently Donner is dad. Yes. Yeah. His I think that was in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like the Mrs. Donner. Classic one. Yep. I don't remember this, 
Blitzen is his dad in another film, not the same one. Yeah, you are correct, though. That is the 1964 film. In 1998, Blitzen is a dad. Mm -hmm. And Mitzi is his mom. Wow. Wow. That's a big jump. Uh, There, he has a brother named Rusty. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a cousin named Arrow who is, oh, related to Comet or Cupid, I bet. Um, Comet, Cupid, and Dasher are his uncles in the 1998 film. We got a full house situation over here. Wow. Uh, Leroy. (laughs) Leroy Leroy the redneck reindeer. Wow. Oh, no. He's married. He has a spouse. Mm -hmm. Quote, spouse. Oh, no. He has more than one. Oh, Rudolph. What? What are you you doing? Polygamous reindeer culture. Uh, <laughs> Clarice in the 1964 film and and the 2001 film and in Rudy Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer the movie uh, her name <laughs> is Zoe. Zoe yeah and apparently he has a son named Robbie from the Robbie the Reindeer films the classic classic Robbie, Robbie the Reindeer films yeah so yeah. I like uh, under here it says nicknames and one of them is Rudy the Red Nosed Reject that's pretty harsh Ooh. you guys that's Oof. pretty harsh. Not, those are not fair reindeer. They're, they're not very nice reindeer games. Nope. Um, so as Sky said, uh, Rudolph did come around as a source of marketing Jeez. for Montgomery Ward. Uh, the retailer had been buying and giving away coloring books for Christmas every year, and it was decided that creating their own book would save money. Oh, my gosh. So it's not it's even so, just marketing. It's, it's cheap, cheap marketing. marketing. Oh, my oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph was supposed to be a moose. <laughs> that was changed because the reindeer seemed friendly. Wow. Well, citation, citation needed on that. Yeah. You yeah. bet a moose they, editor wrote that. Yeah. No. Citation yeah, needed. What? <clears throat> um, May, uh, Robert May, the creator, considered naming the reindeer Rollo or Ooh. Reginald. Wow. Before deciding upon Rudolph. In its first year, Montgomery Ward distributed 2.5 million copies of Rudolph's story. That is crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, the story was written as a poem in Anapestic Tetrameter, the same meter as a visit from St. Nicholas, you know, Twas the Night Before Christmas. That Although that be. is citation needed, so that's kind of odd. They they just don't know what that what that version of uh, that style of poem is. Um, of note is the change in the cultural significance of a red nose. In popular culture, a bright red nose was then closely associated with chronic <laughs> alcoholism and drunkards. Still kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Um, they asked his illustrator friend uh, to draw a cute reindeer using Zoo Deer's models. <laughs> Zoo Deer. The alert, bouncy character Gillen developed to convince management to support the idea. Wow. So they just wanted to keep that red nose. I mean, uh, I guess it sounds good. He got the alliteration going. Yep. Wait, Rudolph the one of these. Rudolph the Rouge Need Reindeer doesn't work. Whoa, that's a whole different book, Tim. Oof. Yeah, it's a whole different problem. Maxton yeah. <laughs> 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 Books published the first mass market edition of Rudolph, a citation needed, mm-hmm. and a sequel, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Shines Again in 1954, yeah. citation needed. Wow, somebody just ad libbed this whole thing. <laughs> Applewood, Applewood Books published Rudolph's second Christmas, an unpublished sequel that Robert May wrote in 1947. Citation needed. 2003, Penguin Books issued a reprint version of the original Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer with new artwork by Lisa Papp. Citation needed. Nice. Penguin also reprinted May's sequels 
Rudolph Shines Again and Rudolph's Second Christmas, now retitled Rudolph to the Rescue Citation mm. Needed. Sure. All right. So we're, so you, we're shrouded in mystery. Shrouded in mystery. <laughs> Anything look good here to you, Tim? Um, I just want to mention that Rudolph is mentioned in the video game Army of Two during a tutorial video about the use of the game's aggro feature. So well, spirit lives well, on, friends. Okay. Spirit lives on. Uh, what I actually wanted to go to, though, is the 1958 children's book from Golden Books, which I believe I had. Um. It was adapted by Mandrew Wright and illustrated by Richard Scarry. Oh, okay. I'm going to Richard Scarry. Oh, man. Really? I feel, yes. I feel like that's actually... I have actual a plan. Place. Yeah, there's like a worm with a robot armor, isn't there? <laughs> yes. There, there's a worm that has no arms and legs, yes. Oh, no. That's kind of sad. I mean, okay. oh, it's so sad that a worm has no arms and legs. <laughs> it's so sad. It's the uh, saddest it's, worm ever. It, it's a worm that's trying to live in a in a world made for people world. with arms and legs. <laughs> yes. I guess that is sad. <laughs> yeah. It's not, anyway. that, it's not that far off. Well, what you are you know thinking? What? I am actually. Um... <laughs> OK, there are a lot of options here that I sort of want to take. I mean, I feel like DC could get me to robot arms pretty fast. DC Comics. Oh, yeah. And um, maybe also uh, maybe also Doctor Who down here, because apparently Doctor uh, Rudolph shows up in a Doctor Who thing at some point. Sure. Uh, I bet robot arms are in there as well, but I, I would actually like to do something not about those things. Okay. Well, I mean, we we reference comic books and stuff all the time, so no. I'm going to go with coloring books up at the top. Clicking coloring Why? books. Why? Why are you going to coloring books? All right, Sky. The only reason I'm doing it is because I'm sure it will get us some very good art for this show. Okay. Three hours later. Nope. <laughs> I found some. This is great. <laughs> you you found you found some robotic arms. Yep. No, I found some dumb art. Go <laughs> to. Okay. Um, don't look at this page, Sky. All right. Whoa. I've got a little quiz here. You stop right now, Sky. Uh, so Richard Scarry wrote a ton of books because it probably didn't take very long. I mean, they were small. Like yes. Tiny town stuff. <laughs> yes. That's like so, tiny um, town. His first. Uh, he, well, he illustrated a lot of books. I'm not sure he wrote a lot of them. Uh, so I'm going to give you some names of books. And I want you to tell me if this is a book that was illustrated and or written by Richard Scarry or not. Oh, oh no. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh, what animals do? Uh, yes. <laughs> what, 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 what animals, animals do? What? Yes. Ah. 1963. Wow. Uh, polite elephant. Uh, I, yes. I really hope so, because he would never forget his manners. Yes. Yay. A busy, busy world. Yes. That is one, yes. I remember watching the show. Mangoes and bananas. <laughs> uh, y- yes? No? We no. haven't had one yet, uh. so. Oh, yeah! Sorry. I, I am a bunny. <laughs> I hope so, yes. Yes. No. Oh, no, it really is? Mm-hmm. Wow. Naughty bunny. Whoa, 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 whoa. No. no. Yes. Ooh. What? 1959. Dang. The bunny book. 
He likes bunnies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Egg in the hole book. Nope. Egg in the hole. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. I'm very. <laughs> I'm just going no with way. it. Uh, last one. Uh, punch out toy book. Punch out toy book. I'm gonna say, uh, yes. No. Yes. Oh my god. I'm assuming that one is just literally you could punch out things and like yeah. make it little oh, paper toys. Oh, okay. I'm You're thinking, thinking punch like, out video game. Yeah, I'm like thinking little Mac. I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll pop up like rock'em sock'em robots sort of thing. That'd be cool. <laughs> I okay, used to watch so, this show all the time on Nick Jr. Yep, the busy world of Richard Scary. Yep. So his name uh is Irish. And it was pronounced, I think, Scare or Scare. It wasn't pronounced scary. Ooh, cool. But English speakers often pronounce it that way. And so in everything that he did, like the busy world of Richard Scary, it was just pronounced that way. Hmm. So all this time we've been hearing it wrong. Wow. Uh, so his books are primarily revolve around Busy Town, uh, featuring a bunch of cute little animals that run their lives and... Uh, do very simple things that children can understand. Uh, I, I like this one uh, page in here of uh, it's a cat mom and a cat kid at the bank uh, giving money to what looks like a cross between a wolf and an elephant in a suit. What? And here, it's like a I'll, warthog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, that's uh, got it. Yeah, says, that has to be. This is a bank. We keep our money here where it will be safe. Ooh. So you can tell the age of these stories. I mean, yeah, no one's going to mess with a warthog for some cash. That that yeah, that's a bad idea. But uh, you know, Richard Scary, respect to him. He made a lot of nice books. Uh, I know a lot of them have been sort of changed over the years. There have been some things, um, just stereotypical things that got changed over time, like like gender specifics and things like that. Yeah, that a little bit more. Make things a little bit more inclusive. And that's cool. Uh, didn't he do a book a while ago that included like new tech jobs and things like that? Uh, because he always he always did these scenes of people doing their jobs with the names of what they're doing. Well, it might have been revised. It wouldn't have been him, unfortunately, because he passed away. Oh, no. In what year did he pass away? He died of a heart attack in 1994. Ooh, long before tech At the jobs. age of 74, yeah. So it yeah. might be that his estate or whoever owns the rights to these now is is updating these things. Well, that's fair. Which I is guess. nice because hey, let's let's keep him going. Yeah, that's a, it's not a changing the, world. Yeah. the fundamentals of it. No, right? No. So that's nice. I am going to go to what yeah. these are all based on: anthropomorphic animals. Oh, right. Oh, wait. These are two separate things. <sighs> uh, I'm going to. <laughs> Anthropomorphic. You guys are giving me an aneurysm. <laughs> You're an anthropomorphic. Yep, that's a pretty An- good anthropomorphism. one. Anthropomorphism. Okay, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I love that we're ruining your Christmas, guy. Oh, I'm so. I'm gonna get an ulcer by the end of this. You don't. You don't have faith in us. Uh, All right, it, you don't have so faith good. in our random picking of. So coloring books, you guys. Coloring books. Cool. Well, I want to find out about stuff like this. Jeez. Uh, how old do you think coloring books are? Five years old. Yep. <laughs> uh, you are right. No, you are not. Uh, like are, a long time. 
ago. We are, in fact, uh, newer than we expected, though. Uh, according to this, at least, um, about the 18, 1880s is, some, is the time when uh, the McLaughlin brothers are credited as the inventors of the coloring book, hmm. which I wonder if they mean as a... Um, as something that's like something that's called coloring book, right? It's something that's able to be sold in a, in in large enough numbers that it isn't just you know you draw pictures for your kids to color in or something like that. Yeah, because you'd have to be able to produce them uh, these things like this. the The book itself was called the Little Folks Painting Book, and they have a picture of it. Uh, it's actually kind of cute. Neat. There are these little kids. They're painting. I did not realize this though. Apparently. That they were they were popularized in the United States as part of the uh, you know the, they have here as the democratization of art, um, but it really meaning that you know you bring together actual like art teaching and 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 using that as an educational tool. So um, he, they have a couple people here: a British artist Joshua Reynolds and a Swiss educator Johann Heinrich Pestalozzi and his student Friedrich Froebel. Um, the, all uh, these educators, many educators have concluded that all, regardless of background, uh, students st- stood to benefit from art education as a means of enhancing their conceptual understanding of the tangible, developing their cognitive abilities and improving skills that could be useful in finding a profession, as well as for the children's spiritual education, edification, which I guess is a thing that's cited for some reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah, we all, so they, we all colored when we were kids. Yeah, but apparently uh, before this time, you kind of didn't. Hmm. Um, uh, they have in here a uh, that particular company, the McLaughlin Brothers, uh, published in some, the 1920s. They, they published until the 1920s. And uh, another pioneer of the genre was a guy named Richard F. O- Occult, uh, which I might think would be a little dangerous as a name to use in the public thing but uh he authored buster's paint book in 1907 uh, featuring the character of buster brown which i didn't know was a thing like you guys what do you are, mean have you not heard about it it's a it's like a cartoon character thing mm-hmm. I, I i've heard the name a lot growing up which he invented in 1902 um but anyway yeah like through these books, they actually used these as other as ways to launch uh, other marketing campaigns because kids had them and they were able to have the, you know, basically have ads in front of their parents all the time then. So that's I, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, but <clears throat> one big difference is until the 1930s, these books are designed with the intent for them to be painted instead of colored. Uh, oh, wow. Even when crayons came into wide use in the 1930s, yeah, because they didn't use crayons that widely, uh, books were still designed for painting. So I wonder if that means they had like uh, waxing or you know some other some other way to treat the paper, or if it was a, a thicker stock of paper. Um, but they, but anyway, uh, you know, people still use coloring books today, and not just you know, not just for the. You know, it feels nice to color things in sometimes, you know. It's very satisfying to create something, and why not, you know? Um, But because you're not specifically trying to teach things, sometimes uh, people can pick things up and and sort of learn things a little more closely than if they were being lectured at. 
Um, they have in here examples of people using coloring books in Guatemala to teach children about hieroglyphs and Mayan artist patterns. Um, and they act also talk uh, also a coloring book, uh, coloring books about uh, agricultural pesticides. And uh, also like geometry and creativity. So, hmm. you know, things like that. And according to this. Since the 1980s, since the 1980s, several publishers have produced educational coloring books intended for studying graduate level topics, such as wow. anatomy and physiology. Where oh, that's coloring, a really great place for it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Robot we're, arms. <laughs> yeah. And robot. Ar- no, I wish. No. Where many detailed diagrams were used as a learning aid uh, because it was all you could color code it. It's brilliant. Uh, anyway, so uh, also their their uh, coloring is a very therapeutic action. Um, it has been used uh, to rehabilitate accident victims to afford to rebuild hand eye coordination, and uh, it, believe it or not, autistic children have been known to uh, have benefits. Uh, you know, in in dealing uh, in working with behavior and soothing behavior as well. Okay, so, sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they have a particular cartoonist, uh, named here, uh, with humorist Paul Lycan in creating the John F. Kennedy coloring book, which sold 2,500,000 copies in 1962. Wow. That particular mm. cartoonist is Mort Drucker, who worked on Mad Magazine, and I would like to click on him because oh. he's a name I recognize, and there's nothing having to do with robot arms on this what? page. <laughs> you were right. You were right, Sky. Yeah, I picked the me. bad page. Jeez. Drucker? Mort Drucker. Drucker. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked about this, but there are... You can use the back button. <laughs> no, I'm doing if it. If you're so inclined. Okay. So... Anthropomorphism. Right. It's going to be great. What is anthropomorphism? It's making people out of things that aren't people. That's <laughs> it's right. It's making people out of not people. More accurately, uh, everyone always tends to think of like cartoon animals and stuff like that, which is true. But there's also uh, objects such as the annoying orange <laughs> and Clippy, the helpful oh paperclip. So just thing. proving that just you should not give souls to items at all. That thing inanimate is- objects were made inanimate by God for a reason. <laughs> Fatso, the fat arsed wombat. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Sorry. What is it? So yes. <laughs> Um, mascots are also considered a form of anthropomorphism. Sure. Um, including gorilla forms of mascots, such as Fatso the Fat Arsed Wombat, an unofficial mascot of the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney. Oh, no. <laughs> who uh, ended up becoming more popular than the official mascots. That's pretty great. It's, it's, oh, oh, my gosh. That's weird. Tended okay. to appear with some of the um, the winners. It's a lot less cute than I thought it was going to be. The <laughs> Olympic Committee got kind of mad. Yeah, I would everyone too. else got more mad at them. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, there are. Oh, geez, like yeah, every basically every non-animal example of anthropomorphism is just kind of sad. Like planes, fire and rescue. Yeah, <laughs> planes should not. No. Well, Thomas and friends, that's okay. It's still I'll like, give them that. It's still a really weird concept, though, because then you have to think about the daily lives of those engines and like what happens 
why like if they if the if they fall apart or something like that you know like where does their soul go to <laughs> that's what i need to know <laughs> examples you're worried about yes <laughs> examples of anthropomorphism in video games on wikipedia here include sonic the hedgehog sure fair enough um super mario brothers yoshi a really? dinosaur who was able to talk uh but maybe saying, saying its name is not exactly being yeah. able to talk and bowser uh, a quote-unquote koopa that is able to perform most human characteristics with some exceptions as he can breathe fire he's a literal monster that's what this yeah that's kind of a strange set of examples there sure um, but I'm going to go toward cartoons. <laughs> okay. Because you know oh, what they mention ooh. here in cartoons? They mention some really nice ones. Yes, I know where you're going. I can't oh. even see it here, but I think I know where you're going. What? No, stop. I'm going to a series that, if I remember correctly, features a character with a robotic arm. Yes. Okay. I'm going to biker mice from mars what nope. no <laughs> not what i was thinking what did you think i was thinking um inspector gadget oh is that on there no i don't know i couldn't find it but when you were just like <laughs> i because i was thinking that would have been great if you'd been on there i definitely would click dog is kinda <laughs> no, i'm going to biker mice from mars oh no what well, is biker mice from Mars? What? It's you pretty self-explanatory, Sky. Cats, the Radical it's, Squadron. It's literally what See, it sounds like. It's, you were you were too young to to experience the heyday of '90s Saturday morning cartoons, Sky. It, it does. Oh, what it says on the tin. I did see that. This yep. looked this looked too bad for me. Like this <laughs> too, was a little bad bit or too bad. Too, bad. too bad. Yeah, I was looked at that. I'm like, that's. I need to be older to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna restrain myself. I'm gonna stay down here with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Yep. Less violent thing. They're a bit friendlier. <laughs> okay, biker mice from Mars. All right, it's there a lot we of pizza. are. Right back to more um, Drucker. Okay, so more Drucker. He's a cartoonist. caricaturist and comics artist, best known as a contributor for f- more than five decades in Mad. Wow. Who specialized in satires and on, on the leading feature uh, films and television series. Um, I don't know why it specifies this like this, but some sources list his birthday as March 22nd and others as March 29th. That's cited. Though so that's a thing that people are arguing about. Happy 80th birthday, Mort Drucker is the the cited piece. <laughs> nice. Uh, in a 1985 Tonight Show appearance, when Johnny Carson asked Michael J. Fox, when did you really know you'd made it in show business? Fox replied, when Mort Drucker drew my head. Uh, so he is a he's an artist who grew up in New York City, which I would assume makes perfect sense for a mad contributor. Um, he uh, got into the comics field by uh, assisting assisting Burt Whitman on the newspaper comic strip Debbie Dean in 1947 when he was 18 based on a recommendation from Will Eisner so he got in early with the people who actually oh, yeah. were doing yeah that's pretty cool um, he actually got on with DC Comics pretty much right after that oh um, nice I didn't know that I didn't yeah. know he was with DC well it wasn't called DC you still comics. had to talk about DC Comics yeah, I don't know why I didn't just go with that in the first place. I'm sorry. The true DC's The Adventures of Bob Hope comic book. <laughs> Adventures of Bob Hope. The Adventures of Bob Hope. <laughs> yep. 
Does Wait, he go around delivering that? vigilante justice with a golf club? I don't That's know. Cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And yeah, and then he talks about the JFK coloring book here too. Yeah. So uh, he does. Uh, he's done quite a lot of things, but it sounds like Tim is making some. Well, I, I do want to point this out before I before I really get moving on. Uh, Mad associate editor Nick Meglin called Drucker number one in a field of one. Uh, Charles Schultz wrote, "Frankly, I don't know how he does it, and I stand in a long list of admirers. I think he draws everything the way we would all like to draw." In uh, 2012, referring to Drucker's splash page for Mad's parody of. The Godfather, the comics reporters, Tom Spurgeon wrote, the way he draw, he draws James Kahn's eyebrow is worth some folks' entire careers. So, uh, yeah, he, he has uh, quite a quite a following, it sounds like. Among the people that he's worked with, I just want to, this actually will also get me to, weirdly enough, a series where someone has a robotic arm. Oh, in 1962, Drucker teamed up with the prolific humor writer Paul Lycan on the highly successful JFK coloring book, which sold 2,500,000 2, copies. Two decades later, Drucker illustrated similar coloring books on Ollie North and Ronald Reagan. His film posters include Universal's American Graffiti in 1973, directed by George Lucas. Oh. I'm going to click George what? Lucas. Okay. What? George? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That film. That George Lucas. Yeah. I can't believe, no, I know George Lucas. I'm like, what film of his has a guy with the robotic arm? <laughs> oh, uh, I guess if you run around, you just run around media long enough, you come across somebody who's done something with a robotic <clears throat> arm. That's the lesson we're pulling from this episode. Yes. It's kind of a trope. No way. <laughs> yep. All right, Tim. George Lucas. So we get to talk about from Mars. Star Wars again. Wow. Anyway. What? what are you doing? I said we got to start talking about Star Wars again. Great. Hey, uh, no, I, I'm just going to brush through it. I promise. Biker Mice from Mars. is a series that ran from 1993 to 1996. It actually had three seasons. Wow. Crazy. And this was, of course, during the period of time where everyone was like, wow, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We need to create our own anthropomorphize creatures with attitude. Is this the one where, is this the, during the time that they had the one about the wallabies or am I remembering this wrong? Ra- like radioactive wallabies. I'm going to look this up quick. You keep going. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I have not heard of that. Hang on. <laughs> okay, nope, go ahead. This is a different thing. Go on. <laughs> so uh, it stars three um, mice motorcyclists named Throttle, Moto and Vinny. <laughs> Mice motorcyclists not to escape a war on their home planet Mars before arriving to defend Earth from the evil that destroyed their homeland, the Plutarchians, which sounds like some sort of um, enemy that would be in like a toothpaste commercial, like giving you plaque <laughs> or something. And of course, one day they want to return to Mars. The mice's signature weapons consist of a cestus and a laser. What's a cestus? I don't know. Let's look that up real quick. Is Cestus is an ancient like battle glove. What? Whoa. Oh, yeah. So oh, I've heard of this. Oh, that's right. Oh, I've seen that in Castlevania. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's a, weird. It's, it's a tough glove. That's exactly where I was going with that, too. Yep. Uh, so one guy uses a Cestus and a laser. Moto has a bionic arm. Oh, man. Uh, Except it says bionic arm. Yes. Robotic Ooh. arm. Yes. I wish I had picked bionic arm. Oh. Now. I took. By technicality, I stay in this game. So despite the frequent battles, no blood is shown, no firearms are used, 
And many villains are monsters, aliens, and robots, which makes it okay. So yeah. you could have watched it, Sky. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fine. I just didn't know. I was mm-hmm. I was too clean hearted. Did you, uh, Tim? Do they have the episode on there where they have the mouse with the motorcycle guest starring? Uh, no, they do not have the mouse <laughs> and the motorcycle guest starring. Wow, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool, though. Yeah, come on, you can't say you wouldn't want that. Um, so voice actors in this uh, throttle and the main character was voiced by Rob Paulson, who has voiced a ton of Everything. things. Yeah, he's everywhere. Um, Brad Garrett was the voice of a character named Grease Pit. That sounds about right. The stereotypical cartoonish bungling bad guy sidekick. Oh, yep. That sounds really that sounds very much- Brad Garrett. Uh, so, oh, Luke Perry was Napoleon Bree. Napoleon Limburger's Bree? chief Plutarchian rival from Detroit. Oh my gosh! What? This is great. Leah Leah Ramini was the voice of Carbine, leader of the Freedom Fighters. She was, you know, who she is, right? No, no. She was the she's the wife on King of Queens. Oh my oh, okay. gosh! Yes. Wow. So she once voiced uh, a mouse. Oh okay. man. So yes, let's go to Bionic Arm and see if that can get us to Robotic Arm. Wow. I am now in Bionics. I wow. Yeah, that just takes you to Bionics. That's interesting. Okay. What? Um, George Lucas. I don't want to talk about George Lucas. Um, nope. I just want to, <laughs> Where's yeah, Star Wars on here? We already did this, and I is, there, is Luke I just on here? On Star Wars because that's Star I'm, as, I'm, Wars. as I'm reading through this, I'm really hoping that he'll talk about the robots on his dumb movie. But there are not. There's not a single word for robot on this. Like it's not mentioned here anywhere. All right. All right, Star Wars. Going to click Star Wars. All right, back to you, Tim. (laughs) Bionics. Um, Jeez. This is kind of interesting. So officially, Bionics is uh, defined as the application of biological methods and systems found in nature to the study and design of engineering systems and modern technology. Uh, Some dictionaries explain the word as a portmanteau of biology and electronics. Well, that's not quite true in every case. Uh, can you think of an example of bionics that we use every day that is not electrical? That is not a, like a machine that we use every day. It's I, I'm sorry, I'm not not even really a machine. It's One a, of the examples it's a they thing give, you use, but it's it's it's, it's produced. What? What? What did you say, Sky? It's on it, your coat. It can be on your coat can be on your shoes. It can be on your shoes. What? <laughs> and it's it's modeled after something it's that was found in nature. Velcro. Velcro. Oh, that's exactly gosh. what I was thinking of. Oh, oh, right. It's inspired yes. by the tiny hooks found on the surface of burrs. Mm-hmm. Burrs. I heard birds for a moment there, and I like that idea better. On the surface of birds. Things found on the surface of birds. <laughs> the tiny hooks found on the surface you of birds. You just have feathers hanging off your shoes. These don't work, <laughs> but they're awesome. This bird- <laughs> You're pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this bird flew by earlier, and now you just have just wow. in a straight line across you. Velcro is um, the most famous <clears throat> example of biomimetics. Biomimetics is an amazing word. I love it. I already I know exactly, you know exactly what, the, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a beautiful word. Cat's eyes reflectors were invented by Percy Shaw in 1935 after studying the mechanism of cat eyes. So those sure. things that reflect any light just boom. Yeah, that's kind of how that works. Nanostructures, which are frightening. Yeah. 
and echolocation, sonar, radar, ultrasound, all those things inspired by nature. So uh, no robotic arms. Dang. Because nature does not have robotic arms. Um, (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, man. I I have like. I like the pause there. Bionic kangaroo. What? Oh, it was based on the movements and physiology of kangaroos. Okay. You got to click that. I can't. I I can't. It's not going to get me anywhere because they don't have effective arms. (laughs) They have those little arms that just sort of wiggle around. That's real tough. All right, we so gotta come back to this at some I could point. Go to either <laughs> someone bookmark that robotics <laughs> or wearable robots. Ooh, this is tough. I want to know about tiny robots you wear, other than watches. <laughs> that's boring. Powered exoskeleton. Uh, whoa, whoa! That sounds like it'd be a good place to go. That sounds. Like I'm a gonna plan. try powered exoskeleton. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it'll get us into the alien movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where we want to be. I don't see. A, I don't see whoa. a way this can go along. Oh, okay. This is so great. Everything's great. Future Yay. soldier. Okay. Star Wars. Speaking of everything's great. Yeah, I don't care. You guys um, saw the new movie though, and you liked it. That's true. I, I, I do like that's it. good for the record. Everyone come yeah. back. Come back, yeah. listeners. <laughs> Welcome back. No, I, I want to say, though, I um, I actually I had a lot of fun with it. So, uh, Sky, I was telling you the other day that uh, Stephen has, has this weird thing that he's very he's secretly like really into this on some level. Mm hmm. Um, so today when I was driving home and I, I was talking to him on the phone, uh, I hadn't heard from him yesterday afternoon and, uh, you know, I was working on stuff, so I wasn't, I didn't really notice, but, uh, he's like, yeah, so I went with, uh, with my friend and blah, blah, blah. And, oh yeah. We went and saw the movie again. And then I, I went and, and, and went and continued. I was like, hold up, hold up. A, Wait, hold he saw it again? Again. He went to see it a second time. And did not tell me about it that he was going to be doing this. And then (laughs) he's like, hey, I just wanted to see if it held up a second time. And it kind of doesn't, but it kind of does. not it, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Like just the fact that he just kind of blew past it as quickly as he could without without saying anything about it. And here's the best part of all of that. He's already planning uh, to maybe see it again this weekend when with his family uh, for for the holiday. Jeez! Wow, this is amazing. That is I've, amazing. I've never known him to be this like fanboyish. Yeah, this is the closest I've ever seen him do it. Like all the X Men movies, all those you know, all those things. All like he's been into X Men forever, and then but this this thing. That's funny. This is the thing that he is ashamed of liking. <laughs> I'm going to go see it this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a good time. You'll, you'll pro- I, I think you'll like it. Yeah. That's um, it. Saw it, right? Yes. Tim? What? Oh, I was going to say, Sky is answering for you now. Yes. Sorry. Okay. He, he answered correctly. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Um, um all right. so yeah, we don't have to st- stay here. Uh oh, I don't want to I don't want to talk about Luke this either. Um Skywalker. Yeah, no. Uh so they do have this in here. Uh-huh. Except that he uh they talk about him as with a prosthetic hand, not robotic. Luke so. engages Vader in another lightsaber duel as the Emperor watches. 
Yep. Context. Okay. <laughs> Context. So I'm going to reroute slightly. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to ignore that entirely because that's just too easy. Yep. And uh, that's what I'm here for. Slightly because you know what word they don't use for actual robots in this series? Robotic. Robots. Robots. They call them droids. Droids. So I'm Mm. going to click droid to get to robot because that's dumb. Robotic droids. So I'm clicking robots. We just wanted to find the meaning of Christmas. Are you clicking on droid? Droid. I'm clicking on droid to get to robots. Oh, this is so dumb. (laughs) Sorry. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Powered exoskeleton. Yep. Also known as powered armor exoframe or exosuit is badass mobile machine technology. Amazing. Do 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 do. Um, fortunately, does not talk about arms, (laughs) and does not even seem to talk about robotics. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's part of the robotics hub, but it doesn't have (laughs) the term robotics in here. When I tell you guys my route, you're gonna kick yourselves. (laughs) Um. Uh, Monty Reed, a U.S. Army Ranger, uh, had broken his back in a parachute accident. Oh. Uh, while recovering in the hospital, he read a certain book, and from his description of mobile infantry power suits, designed the life suit. Wait, hold on. He read a certain book? Yeah, which book do you think he read, Kyle? Oh, no. It's a book you love. Oh, no. A book I love? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely not satire, especially when made into a movie. Oh, no. Are, are you being sarcastic about it yes. not being satire? Yes. Yeah, now I'm not sure. Now, what what book is this, Tim? Starship Troopers. Oh, boy. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, he wore this thing or someone wore it in 2005, wore the life suit 12 in a foot race as known as the St. Patrick's Day Dash in Seattle. Oh, man. Uh, Monty Reed in Life Suit 12 set the land speed distance record for walking in robot suits, completed the three mile race in 90 minutes, which wow. is about a 5K. So it's not fast, but. But that's not bad, considering that, you know, before this point, that was just a zero. That was, yep. you know, that was just an infinity symbol. Yep. The current Life Suit prototype 14 can walk one mile on a full charge. And lift 203 pounds for the wearer. Holy crap. Yeah, it's pretty strong. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, oh man. I didn't know this. A practical application could be used for elderly care. Makes sense. Which okay, is true, so yes. And helping nurses lift lot. patients. Yeah, yeah kids' would life would be much better if she had an exoskeleton. Way essential, yeah. yeah okay, that's a, a practical application because just working with elderly as a quote-unquote practical educa- application, as an elderly person, I really hope I have a robot helping me do everything. That would be amazing. Well, nurses injure themselves a lot trying yeah. to carry and lift patients already that's because true. they don't have the right equipment to do so all the time. So that would be awesome for like like bionic nurses. What a great I'm idea. sure that's not a movie too. That would be. Okay, sure. Anyway, in a caption, I have just found hybrid assistive limb. What? Whoa. Hybrid? Check out, check out this guy's suit. He looks like a mix between Tron and like Baymax. <laughs> but while you look at that, I'm going Whoa. hybrid assistive limb because that 
sounds. That sounds like it'll get promising. you there. Yeah. That, that sounds pretty is actually good. pretty cool. That is a cool looking suit. Um, before you go though, mm-hmm. I didn't know. So like they talk about uh, mechas, and the idea of like, you know, having huge basically robots that you yeah fight with. Um, I didn't know that mecha was actually from the Japanese for mecha, which is an adaptation of the English mechanical. So that's where that comes <laughs> from, which I guess makes sense. Well, uh, I just didn't realize that there was the Japanese in between it. I just always thought mecha mechanical. Okay, that makes sense. That's impressive. But yeah, uh, um, I I I'm looking on DuckDuckGo here quick for bionic nurse. I just put in the term bionic nurse, and the first result. Uh, in the suggestions is what is a bionic nurse so we're not the only people who are curious about this yeah makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. go on sorry all right we're in droid oh yeah droids uh they're robotic (laughs) they're they're robots from star wars they're star wars robots you guys baby robots this is an entire the, the the whole page is one screen long and it is just here to explain that uh, droids are robotic machines as found in the Star Wars films, books, and television series, mostly created for Star Wars by special effects jer- worker John, S- John Steers. The term is a clipped form of android, as I really hope you could figure that out. Yeah. I, originally I reserved for robots designed to look and act like a human. The word droid is a registered trademark of Lucasfilm Limited. Droids are robots, often possessing artificial intelligence. That's this, it. This That's article is surprisingly short for being an article about Star Wars. You know, they only list three droids. Out yeah, like, like all those things are droids. And two of them are the ones we know. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to click robots because that's what I came here for. Okay. I came here for robots. I'm not leaving until I get came some. here for robots. Darn it. Why don't you get androids? <laughs> androids are like person robots. Oh, well, I, I actually thought I would do better with it. I thought they would have something about like droid. That is a movable arm or something like that. Yep. But no, I guess. Yeah, you get those robots in like assembly lines that are just literally art of like robotic arms. So. Yeah, exactly. OK, makes sense. All right. We're in hell. The hybrid assistive limb. Hybrid assistive limb. Is oh, its name suit. is Hal. Yep. Call Why it would Hal. you name it that? Hybrid assistive limb. <laughs> that seems Hybrid like a bad idea. <laughs> assistive limb. Yep. Hal. Uh, is created, uh, d- developed by Japan's Sukuba University and the robotics company Cyberdyne, which does not sound oh seedy gosh. or evil at Are all. Are you serious? That's from Perfect Dark. Nope. No, that was Data Die. I know. They're just putting all of that right. They're just like, you know so, what? We're going to embrace it. It's a suit that can uh, support and expand the physical capabilities of its users, uh, particularly people with physical disabilities. So it is also being applied in construction and disaster response work. Oh, which sounds awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, So currently there is the HAL 5 (laughs) is the newest version, which is a full body exoskeleton for the arms, legs and torso. Of course, nothing about arms or robotic arms in this. Are you kidding me? Nope. Oh, this is so great. I'm going to go to Cyberdyne. I'm going to see secrets. <laughs> Tell us your <laughs> secret, Cyberdyne. <laughs> oh, this is so amazing. How are we getting so... We're like Wait, so you're going to Cyberdyne? 
Yes. What? Did, do you have a better suggestion? I don't know. I think I should just pack up this game. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. Oh, this is amazing. We're done here. <laughs> We're done here. Oh, Cyberdyne is the company in the Terminator series. Yes, oh, that's what I was doing. It definitely you guys. Yeah, it definitely sounded like a thing. You guys, that's what I was talking about. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, while we're here, let's talk about robots. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's robots, talk about these robots. What's that? Let's talk about these robots. Actually, there are some pretty cool robots, and, I, and specifically not... Uh, the newer ones. Let's talk about some older ones uh, quick, though. Uh, I do want to mention in the intro on this page for just robot. Uh, they have the fourth citation on the page about five paragraphs down just says robots have replaced humans. And there's a citation. What? <laughs> 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 but the sentence you are continues. a robot right now. Yeah. But the sentence continues in performing repetitive and dangerous tasks, which humans prefer not to do or are unable to do because of size limitations, or which take place in extreme environments such as outer space or the bottom of the sea. Oh, that's what I should have done. I should have gone for the Curiosity rover or something. Um, there is a, yeah, this links to a web, uh, uh, an article from 2013 called Five Jobs Being Replaced by Robots. So um, let's talk about some early robots. Uh, it's pretty neat here, though, that they go all the way back to Greek myth with this. And actually, uh, some old um, Jewish Jewish legends. Have you guys ever heard of the clay golems? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're like that, the first robots. Yeah, they consider that a robot, and that's yep. uh, that that's pretty cool. I I always liked that idea of like the like the city protector uh, that that you know lays dormant, but is there to help um, you know when when in times of need. Sure. Um, it, it's really a, an interesting idea. Um, and it, it's weird that they mention here, yeah, the, the mechanical servants built by the Greek god Hephaestus, um, the clay golems of Jewish legend, and the giant clay giants of Norse legend, which I've never heard of those. Um, and then uh, Galatea, the mythical statue of Pygmalion that came to life. Um, they have one here as well that I also had not heard of uh, since circa BC 9, uh, 400. Uh, myths of Crete include Talos, a man of bronze who guarded the Cretan island of Europa from pirates. Pretty oh, wow. sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a game about a robot out now called the Talos Principle. Oh, are you kidding? I've, I'm great. playing that, actually. It's pretty neat. Well, uh, it's let's puzzles. Talk- <laughs> yeah, it's puzzles. Let's talk about actual robots, though. Uh, actual robots. How early do you think robots, like real robots, go back to? Ooh. These like, 1890s. Does it need like artificial intelligence to be a robot? No, they they describe this just as a as a device that can operate on its own. Does it need programming? Okay. That, that would essentially use, creates a, not a program, but it, it does a task. It does something. Yeah, it does oh, a man. task, and you can have it do that task as long as you power it. As long as you power it, but so like is like, but is like a cotton gin, a robot uh, bin? No, it would do it on its own. It can do as it as long as you power it. So you need yes. like some sort of energy that's. Uh, so that have to be electrical in a way. Oh, I don't know. So uh, in the fourth century BC, the Greek mathematician. What? 
what? <laughs> the Greek mathematician. Archytas? Uh, <laughs> no. Archytas. A-R-C-H-Y-T-A-S of Tarentum postulated a mechanical steam-operated bird he called the pigeon. Uh, so Whoa. as of that point... Like that was, they were building robots. Wow. That's Doesn't crazy. Doesn't show here that he actually succeeded at putting it together. But, <laughs> but he thought about it. But he had the plans, I guess. Um, in, the, um, in the 11th century, let's see here. Oh, yeah. No, he, uh, hero of Alexandria in, uh, from 10 to 70 AD, the Greek mathematician and inventor created numerous user configura- configurable automated devices and described machines powered by air pressure, steam, and water. How nuts is that? Um, in the 11th century, uh, Lokpanati tells of how the Buddha's relics were protected by the mechanical robots, and they have a term here that I'm going to try, uh, Buddha Vahana Yanta, uh, from the kingdom of Roma Vin- Visaya, uh, which would be Rome, until wow. they were disarmed. And... Uh, there's actually some mention in here for uh, in ancient China, the third century text of the Li Zai describes an account of the humanoid automata, automata involving a much earlier encounter between Chinese emperor King Mu of Zhao and a mechanical engineer known as Yan Xi, an artificer. Uh, he apparently presented the king with a life-size human-shaped figure of his mechanical handiwork made of leather, wood, and artificial organs. Wow. But they don't really say about, you know, what it actually did. Yeah. Um, There are some pretty famous ones, though. I do want to point out here, one of the earliest toy robots uh, came from a guy in uh, 1738 and 1739, a Frenchman named Jacques de Vaucasson, he exhibited several life-size automatons, like actual robots, uh, including a flute player, a pipe player, and a duck. Yeah. <laughs> the mechanical duck could flap its wings, crane its neck, eat food, and gave the illusion of digesting its food by excreting matter stored in a hidden compartment. Are they sure wow. it just wasn't a duck with like some doors facing on it or something? It just flew in. Yeah. People are like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, I want to see in here if they mention the, the, the Turk, the mechanical Turk. Oh, yeah. But I don't see it just offhand. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to come back to that a, a, another time. Uh, but anyway, um, I actually found sort of what I wanted here uh, near the top, talking about robot robots as a mechanical or, or virtual artificial agent, usually an electromagnetic. Oh my goodness, electromechanical machine guided by program or electronic circuitry. Blah blah blah. Uh, they can be industrial robots, and I'm clicking on industrial robots. I think that's probably your best bet. Oh my gosh! Because they're robotic <laughs> arms. How hard did I have to push to get to industrial robots? <laughs> Pretty hard. Oh. All right, Tim. Cyberdyne Incorporated, Cyberdyne. Yeah. Japanese robotics and technology company that pretty much makes the Hell Five and nothing else. Oh, there's not much here. Nope. Wow. Uh, so yeah, 
Well, I mean, I'm if you're going to make that Terminator, that machine, I hope you have a Terminator. On it. Um, he has a robotic arm. A robotic everything. Yeah, let's give it a try. I Terminator. Okay. <laughs> Terminator franchise. So All right. I can't believe you guys didn't like trip up on both Cyberdyne and Hal as part of like. What part of their PR people did not say like, hey, maybe not. They embraced it. It's like Soylent. Like, they're just like, we're going with it. Oh, that still weirds me out. Yeah. It's supposed right. to taste like Cheerio milk. That's from what, what? I hear. Uh, people describe Soylent as tasting like Cheerio, Cheerio milk. So, a, so a, a completely artificial taste is what you're saying. Yeah. A taste that we don't actually have in nature. Oh, yeah. We don't have this stuff in nature for sure. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, they're not okay. they're not aiming for that. That's just what they, that's just what they it made it being. tolerant enough <laughs> so that it that's the worst that like that's the best thing to get it to taste like is milk, as as we get, milk after you've had Cheerios in it for a while. Oh my gosh! Uh, industrial robots. There's got to be robotic robots. arm on here. Robotic arm. Oh, there it is. It's on here. Oh, it's on here. Robotic arms. Inherent in the use of the word manipulator. I'm just going to read the first sentence here because that's all I care about. Uh, an industrial robot, as is defined by ISO 8373, cited as an automatically controlled, reprogrammable, multi-purpose manipulator, programmable in three or more axes. I know that that is supposed to be axes, but I want to read it as axes because that's cooler. Three or more axes. <laughs> yeah. That's on. only when they rise up against us. <laughs> yep. I'm going to click robotic arms and call it at that. Oh my gosh, I made it, you guys. Yeah, you're there. Okay. Robotic arms. I'm, I never thought I would be so happy. Do you want to, to talk about it. Terminator, Tim? Uh, all I want to say about Terminator is that the term robot does not appear on the Wikipedia page at all. <laughs> How? Oh, Our, wait, I knew that they remember they had that arm, your covered <laughs> arm and chip. The oh, right, the I term I was, the I word was arm appears on it. the page once. Yes, yeah. and it's not linked because they're nope. not robots; they're cyborgs, right? Yeah. Well, they're not all cyborgs. Oh are they? wait, no. Would they be android? Oh my gosh, it's so dumb. No, but maybe maybe there's are they cyborgs? No, they have to have some human in them to be a cyborg, right? I suppose you're right. So yeah, they must be androids, like uh, like the ones later on. So well, no, we, all of them are androids. Hmm. No, uh, that is actually well. I suppose there's a female one, right? Yeah. Then she is a is it's a gynoid, right? There's there's a specific gender specific term. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yes. Yeah, because android is, uh, it is from though. it's andros, which is man. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's. Gynos would be woman then. Wow. So there's it's there's you know yeah, sex it's a, a guy droid. Yeah, guy I knew a thing. I'm not gonna be able to use that ever in my life. <laughs> Except <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we learned something here today. Yeah, that's the only thing we learned. We learned. About, I didn't even learn it. I already knew it. So, yeah, I want to know, what what was your route, Sky? How did you get there from uh, here? I went to, I think I went to Villain. Oh. And then to Spider-Man and then to wow. Dr. Octopus. Oh, come <laughs> on. I thought you guys would go to Villain if you saw Villain because there are so many villains with robotic arms. 
but I just wanted to do something different. We've been. Uh, I just wanted to do something different oh. and completely unrelated to the thing I'm supposed to go to. I was hovering around it so close. Like, come on. <laughs> as soon as I hit biker mice from Mars. Oh, man. I thought I was like in the bag. So yeah. I really thought you had it. Bionic arm. <laughs> rough. Rough, that, rough, rough. rough. Do we want to talk about robotic arms? We kind of already did, but yeah, I mean, they're helpful. They're helpful can, to mankind. Can we talk about the, the fact that there's like eight kinds of them? Sure. Uh, they have the Cartesian robot. Yes, the Gantry robot. robot. Used for pick and place work, which are, uh, I mean, we've all seen yeah. these. Yeah. The they cylindrical just... robot used for assembly operations. Makes sense. Uh, like handling robot, uh, spot welding, the spherical robot, or the polar robot. Oh my gosh! Um, used for handling at machine tools, spot yeah, welding. Handling at mas- you better <laughs> handle at those machine tools. <laughs> <laughs> it's a robot whose axes form a polar coordinate system. Now, see, that's what I want to read. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, the Scara robot used for pick and place work. Uh, application of sealant, assembly operations, and handling machine tools. An articulated robot. This robot features two parallel robot joints to provide compliance in a plane. Yeah, articulated robot. Yes. It's very fancy. It's a robot who's... Wait, hold on. Someone's writing these... uh, Like, the second sentence of these are all, like, their descriptions as if they were, like, all friends in in a Friends TV show ripoff. Like the Cartesian robot, it's a robot whose arm has three prismatic joints, whose axes are coincidence with the Cartesian's coordinator. I mean, if they were writing a, a sitcom for robots, this is that's probably how they would pitch this. Yeah. It's a robot whose arm has at least three rotary joints. Oh, hmm. man, I totally want to see a sitcom now about a robot that has at least three rotary joints. He's a goofy one. Oh, man. One use. <laughs> there's a parallel have- robot. Yeah, a robot. It's a robot whose arms have concurrent prismatic or rotary joints. It's always great to see uh, representation of concurrent prismatic or rotary joints. And hey, Tim, anthropomorphic yes. robot. Hey! <laughs> oh my gosh! It brings all of us together. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> similar to the robotic hand Luke Skywalker receives at the end of the Empire Strikes Back. Ah. Uh. <laughs> It is shaped in a way that resembles a human hand, i.e. with independent fingers and thumbs, in case you couldn't figure that out from resembles a human hand. <laughs> I also want to point out that um, this also brings in, uh, at the bottom, of notable robotic arms. Notable <laughs> robotic arms. In this, uh, I'm just going to read this because it's pretty great. In space, <laughs> the space shuttle... Remote manipulator system, also known as or the Canadarm. Canadarm. <laughs> or Smurms. <laughs> and, it's, and its successor, Canadarm 2. He's the, he's the goofy one. Canadarm 2 is the goofy one. Canadarm. <laughs> Canadarm. <laughs> yeah, I like Canada Arm a lot better. Okay. <laughs> And it also mentions here that the Curiosity rover on the planet Mars does indeed use a robotic arm. It has four citations for that, just in case you don't believe the first three. <laughs> Curiosity is so hot right now. Oh, man. 
how could I not think to just go for that once I got into like talking about space? That would have been a great idea. Good job, guys. No, from, it wasn't. Sure. From, <laughs> you guys did a thing. You were awful. From Rudolph to Robotic Arm. Oh, my gosh. Nice work. No, don't praise us for that. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> wow. <sighs> wow. Good job, everyone. We got through it. We survived. As always, you can find us um, at wskbcast.blogspot.com. We are on Twitter at wskbcast. We're on Facebook. You can just search for We Should Know Better. And we're on uh, Stitcher. We're on, we're on there. We're over there, too. <laughs> so you should go on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us. Uh, it would be appreciated. Yes. We do it Give for us you. many robotic thumbs up. All oh, the robotic man. thumbs. Death yeah. to the humans. All the three axes. Robotic arms, the three axes, <laughs> <laughs> the three laws of robotic axes. Yeah, it's been uh, real. So we could probably we're we're gonna probably stick to this two month or two month this two week uh, dealio yeah, recording once every two weeks. Us. So yeah. we'll probably be back. Yeah, the holiday shouldn't mess that up. So oh yeah, I suppose this is our last one for this year, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah. if you're listening to this around the holiday season, Merry Christmas, uh, happy, happy New werewolf Year, New Year, yes. Is it a Werewolf New Year? Or is it no, Werewolf I guess Christmas? It, I guess it's only Werewolf Christmas. Werewolf Christmas. Yeah, stay and. indoors. Um, <laughs> once the moon's out, do not carry uh, kibbles with you. Kibbles and bits. Do not carry any. Yeah, all kibbles. those kibbles that you have in your pockets. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You when you when you went out kibbling, yeah. um, be gracious uh, when. Uh, an older man yells at you uh, unprovoked. Um, you, could, you could wish them fleas Navidad. Give them two thumbs up and and lip sync Merry Christmas to them. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. We all deserve coal. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, you have a Merry, Merry Christmas as well. Merry Christmas, you guys. Good night. Bye. Bye. I just had to go. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like your mice from Mars. And there's our stinger.